هل اتاك حديث موسى هل اتاك has there reached you hadith musa the story of musa alayhi salam the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is addressed here that have you heard of the story of musa has it reached you did the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam not know about the story of musa of course he did and this is a story that's mentioned so many times in the quran so why is this question being asked hal ataka has it reached you meaning recall that story bring that story to mind for it is a very important and relevant story because what do we see in these verses that how the people of makkah denied the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam how he was telling them about the truth and what is their response mockery denial So the Prophet ﷺ is comforted over here that think about Musa. Look at how he was denied. Just because people deny a reality, that doesn't change that reality at all. Haven't you heard about Musa? إِذْ نَادَاهُ رَبُّهُ When his Lord called him. بِالْوَادِ In the valley. Wadi. Wadi is valley. وَوْدَالِيَا الْمُقَدَّسِ Which valley was this where his Lord called him? It was in the valley that is muqaddas. Muqaddas as in sacred. Muqaddas is from qaf dal sin, quds. What is al-quds? The holy place, the holy land. Right? Why is it called such? Because basically, qaddasa yuqaddisu is to create distance. To distance something from impurity. To completely cleanse and purify it. So from this, Muqaddas is used for that which is pure, that which is holy, that which is sacred. So Al-Wadi Al-Muqaddas, the sacred valley, which sacred valley was this? Of Tuwa. Tuwa is the name of that valley. Remember when Musa salam was journeying from Madian, and on the way, it was cold, it was dark, and what did he see on the mountain? At a distance, fire. And he told his family, stay here, I'll go get some fire from the mountain. Maybe I can talk to those people over there, get some guidance. Or I can bring some fire so that you can warm yourselves. لَعَلِّي آتِيكُم مِّنْهَا بِقَبَسٍ أَوْ أَجِدُ عَلَى النَّارِ هُدَى He said, I can bring to you some fire, or maybe I will find some guidance from the people of that fire. That they can tell me which direction I should go to. He went looking for a particular kind of guidance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him far better guidance. So when he reached over here, as he was going to the mountain, remember within the mountains there is valleys. So he was in this particular valley, and this valley is of tuwa, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it is sacred. How is it sacred? Why is it sacred? Because Allah spoke to Musa alayhi salam there. إِذْ نَادَاهُ رَبُّهُ His Lord called him. He called out to him. He addressed him. And what did he say in summary? The details of this kalam are mentioned in other places of the Qur'an. But here, to summarize, Allah says, اِذْهَبْ إِلَىٰ فِرْعَوْنَ إِنَّهُ طَغَىٰ The main thing that Musa ﷺ was told was what? That اِذْهَبْ, you go. إِلَىٰ فِرْعَوْنَ to فِرْعَوْنَ Go to Fir'aun. Why? Because إِنَّهُ طَغَىٰ Indeed, he has transgressed. He has rebelled. What is tagha? Tughiyan. Always think of water when you think of this word. لَمَّا طَغَ الْمَاءَ When the water overflowed. Think about the tsunami. You all have seen 
pictures of it, images of it. Right? How the water just came and what did it do? It swept everything, took everything in its way. Wasn't there a limit set for the water? There was. But did the water stop at that limit? No, it didn't. What did it do? It just kept going, kept going, kept going. This is Tagha. That the limit that has been set, one doesn't stop there. He ignores that limit. And just keeps going forward, keeps going ahead in full force. So Fir'aun has Tagha. He has rebelled. He has transgressed. He has transgressed the proper limits that human beings must observe. How did Fir'aun rebel? Of course he had rebelled against Allah. But had he rebelled against humanity? Against mankind? Definitely. Against Allah how? Of course he was associating partners with Allah. But worse than that, he was claiming to be God. Wasn't he? And then against people, how was he rebelling? Enslaving an entire nation, killing their children. Killing their children. So, اِذْهَبْ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنِ إِنَّهُ طَغَى Go to Fir'aun and stop him because he has rebelled. فَقُلْ Then say to him, How do you stop this transgressor? In what manner? Say to him, هَلْ لَكَ هَلْ لَكَ هَلْ Would لَكَ for you Meaning, do you have any interest? Would you like to? In other words, Halaka ila antazaka. Do you have any inclination, any interest towards that you purify yourself? Meaning, would you like to purify yourself? Are you interested? Ask a question. Don't impose. Ask a question. Would you like to be purified? Would you like to improve yourself? Would you like to better yourself? Are you interested? You see, there's two ways of getting people to agree with you. One way is that you tell them, order them, do this, do this, or do that, or don't do this, don't do that. Will they listen to you? Will they be on the same page as you? Will they agree with you? Not necessarily. Because the moment you feel that somebody is ordering you, they're telling you, what does it mean? They're claiming to be? better than you, or they're more superior than you. And you don't want to accept their superiority. So even if they're telling you to do the right thing, will you listen? Will you? No. Unless there's some kind of fear. Right? Only then you will listen. Otherwise, no you won't. The other way of getting somebody to agree with you is to ask them what they think. Ask them what they think. Which is basically shura, consulting them. Like the Prophet ﷺ, he got the Sahaba to do amazing things. Isn't it? But did he order them, do this, don't do this, you go here, you don't go there? He would ask the Sahaba. This is the situation, advise me. Oh people, advise me. You know, the first battle was which one? The battle of Badr. And remember that the Prophet ﷺ, he had immigrated to Medina with the Muhajireen. And how many Muhajireen were there? Not that many, only a hundred something. Initially, there were only a few muhajirin. And how many Ansar were there? Hundreds and hundreds. Right? Because they were the locals. Now remember that when the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, that was, that migration was based on the Aqaba pledge. The Aqaba pledge. What was that pledge? That the Ansar, they pledged to support 
and defend the Prophet ﷺ once he would be in Medina. So they basically said, as long as you're with us in our city, we will protect you, we will defend you, we will support you. They had not promised to defend him out of the city. You understand? Now where was the battle of Badr? Was it in the city of Medina? It was outside the city of Medina. So the Prophet ﷺ could have told the Ansar, I'm your Prophet, I am ordering you. Come, we have to fight the enemy. But is that what he did? No. He asked them. He said, oh people, advise me. He is the messenger of Allah. And he's saying, oh people, advise me. And the people were quiet. And then finally, Sa'ad bin Mu'ad radiallahu anhu, he understood. He was of the Ansar. He said, Ya Rasulullah, perhaps you mean us? You're asking us? Meaning the Ansar? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. I want to know what you have to say about this. And Sa'ad bin Mu'ad radiallahu anhu showed his full support. He said that, go ahead, do what your Lord wants you to do, and we are with you. We are with you. So much so that if you tell us to go jump in the ocean, we will do that. Whatever you say, you take our wealth, you spend of it, we don't mind. We love that. We will support you wholeheartedly. And because Sa'ad bin Mu'ad radiallahu anhu, he gave his support, what happened? Him being the leader of the Ansar, what happened? The hundreds of the Ansar, they were on the same page. And this is why Sa'ad bin Mu'ad radiallahu anhu, he was 30 years old by the way when he embraced Islam. And he was 36 years old when he passed away. And when he passed away, the Prophet ﷺ took his janazah quickly. You know why? Because otherwise the angels will. Because the angels are so eager. Thousands of angels attended his funeral. And the arsh of Allah shook with delight when Sa'ad bin Mu'ad who passed away. It shook with delight. Why? Because a righteous soul is coming to meet Allah. It is said that it was the carriers of the throne, الَّذِينَ يَحْمِلُونَ الْعَرْشِ who shook with delight. But regardless, Sa'ad bin Mu'ad anhu, look at what he achieved. Why? Because he was the one to give full support to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He became the door. He became the door. And then after him, so many more came forward. But what's important for us to notice over here is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not impose his intention or his plan on the companions. He asked them about what they wanted. This is prophetic wisdom. We see this wisdom being taught to Musa salam also. When he sent to Fir'aun, imagine Fir'aun, who's not going to listen by the way. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Musa salam that your job is to do things properly, wisely. So when you address Fir'aun even, ask him, would you like? I have something of benefit to share with you. Are you interested? Would you like it? And someone who's already selfish and greedy, if you're offering to give them something even more good, will they be willing to take it? Generally, yes. Go ahead. Zubair, he was planning to have a class for men. So I took two books. I gave it to my husband. And I pushed my sons, you know, to tell your daddy, you know, that he also should go, right? In a polite and a good way. So one of my sons, he said to my husband, Baba, you know what, the new class is coming. 
would you like to go with us? So my husband asked, you want to go? He said, yes, I want to go. Although he was not getting, you know, the difficult words, you know, Dr. Saab was uh, explaining. <laughs> but he was sitting there, just sitting behind his dad, that he should. He said, after the class, did you enjoy the class? He said, yes. So uh, you want to come with me? He said, yes. We will go together. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You see, one way is that you tell somebody, go to class. Go learn something. When are you going to learn? You learn so many things of this world. You do so many things. Give some time to the deen also. Give some time to your akhirah also. Make them feel guilty. Are they going to listen? No. And the other is simple. Would you like to? Come, let's go. You know, you're giving them the opportunity to decide. You're giving them some power over that decision. You're not imposing your decision on them. And it works. So, فَقُلْ هَلْ لَكَ إِلَىٰ أَن Now, notice this is Fir'aun, who has taga. But still, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Musa alayhi salam, that talk to him in this manner. In another place in the Qur'an, فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلَ لَيِّنًا لَعَلَّهُ يَتَذَكَّرُ أَوْ يَخْشَى Surah Taha, ayah 44. That speak to him with a gentle word, in a gentle manner. فَقُلْ هَلْ لَكَ إِلَىٰ أَن Would you be willing to? Are you interested? وَأَهْدِيَكَ And I can guide you. إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ To your Lord. فَتَخْشَىٰ Then you will fear. I can guide you to your Lord so that you will develop the right fear of your Lord. What do we see here? أَهْدِيَكَ I will guide you. Hidayah. I offer you Hidayah. What is Hidayah? What is Hidayah? Guidance. Two types of Hidayah, right? Hidayah, Irshad, and Hidayah, Tawfiq. What is Hidayah, Irshad? Irshad is to direct someone towards a destination. Meaning to give them information as to how to get to their destination. Give them information. So Irshad is like ilm. Alright? And the prophets, they brought knowledge. They gave knowledge. The other Hidayah is of Tawfiq, the ability to implement that knowledge, use it, apply it, act upon it. And that can only happen when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows a servant. He helps him. This is why, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ We ask you for help to even do some good. So, وَأَهْدِيَكَ Musa salam is told to say to Fir'aun that I will guide you, meaning I will give you the knowledge. إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ To your Lord. فَتَخْشَىٰ So, you will fear. So, fa. What does fa show? Result. What does it mean then? Right guidance, beneficial knowledge. What should it produce in the heart of a servant? What feelings? What feeling? Of khashia. Knowledge must produce fear. Fear of who? Of Allah. And if knowledge is not producing fear of Allah in the heart, then what does it mean? It's not knowledge. It's not real knowledge. It's not actual knowledge. Because the result of hidayah is khashiyah of Allah. And if a person is thinking that I am upon the right guidance, but there is no khashia, that's not right guidance. So how do you know? How do you know 
whether you have really benefited from knowledge or not. How do you know whether you are upon right guidance or not? How? What's the visible sign of it? How do you check that? Khashia of Allah. If the khashia of Allah is there, then alhamdulillah. It is with Allah's tawfiq. But if the fear of Allah is not there in the heart, then a person is lost. He's doing things the wrong way. What is the khashia of Allah? What is khashia? Fear that is based on knowledge and awareness. Fear that is of someone. Why? Because you realize their greatness. You know, you understand how mighty, how great they are. This is why you fear them. This is khashia. So, right guidance and beneficial knowledge must produce fear of Allah in the heart of the servant. وَأَهْدِيَكَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَتَخْشَىٰ Khashia results from hidayah. It's the fruit of hidayah. Fasting. What does fasting produce? Taqwa. لَعَلَّكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So knowledge must produce fear also. فَأَرَاهُ So he showed him. Musa salam showed Fir'aun. الْآيَةَ الْكُبْرَىٰ The greatest sign. Kubra, greatest one. What was the greatest miracle that Musa salam showed Fir'aun? What was the main miracle that Musa salam was given? The staff, right? That how it turned into a snake. So when he showed him this big sign, what was Fir'aun's response? فَكَذَّبَ So he denied. وَعَصَى And he disobeyed. كَذَّبَ He denied the truth. عَصَى He disobeyed. Meaning Musa salam. In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 107, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَأَلْقَى عَصَاهُ فَإِذَا هِيَ ثُعْبَانٌ مُّبِينٌ Musa alayhi salam threw his staff and it became into a huge snake, clear, evident snake. وَنَزَعَ يَدَهُ فَإِذَا هِيَ بَيْضَاءُ لِلنَّاظِرِينَ He took out his hand and his hand was glowing for those who could see. But Fir'aun كَذَّبَ وَعَصَى ثُمَّ أَدْبَرَ then he turned his back, yasa. He was running. He turned his back, running away. This is one interpretation of this ayah. Meaning when Musa showed him the biggest miracle, which was what? The staff turning into a snake. Fir'aun, he denied how? He called that magic. And he didn't stay standing. He actually got afraid. And he turned around and ran away. Because it is said that the snake went straight towards Fir'aun. So Fir'aun was terrified. Adbara and Yasa. He ran away. Another interpretation of this ayah is that Adbara, he turned away, meaning from accepting the miracles. And Yasa, he began striving. Why? In order to plot against Musa alayhi salam. He didn't just say, okay, things will work out. No. He worked hard to counter the effect of Musa alayhi speech and the miracles that he displayed. He strove hard. He worked really hard. Yasa. And this should embarrass us. That look at the length to which Fir'aun is going to oppose Musa alayhi 
the effort that he's putting in to oppose Musa a.s. When Fir'aun knew that he was wrong and he knew that Musa a.s. was true, still he yes'a. So why should we be embarrassed? That how much effort are we putting in to strive for the truth? To show truth as truth, to work for it. When people work so hard to spread their lies, why cannot we work hard to spread the truth? Why not? ثُمَّ أَدْبَرَ يَسْعَى فَحَشَرَ فَنَادَى Then he gathered, meaning his people, his armies, and then فَنَادَى He called out. He called out, meaning he made an announcement. He assembled his men, all of his people, and he made an announcement. Why did he have to make an announcement? To reassure his people. And to remove any effect of Musa a.s. speech and miracles on them. So what did he announce? فَقَالَ So he said, أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى I am your Lord who is الْأَعْلَى The highest. What a liar. And how? What a loser. He used the description that Musa a.s. gave for Allah. He stole the words from there. And he used them to describe himself with. فَقَالَ أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى Because you see Musa a.s. he used convincing arguments. He used solid evidence in his speech. Right? Fir'aun, what did he have? What did he have? Nothing. Nothing solid. So what did he use then? He stole the words of Musa a.s. and he applied them to himself. And he lied. And he's using propaganda over here. Look at what he's doing. فَحَشَرَ فَنَادَ He called all his people and then he's addressing them. And he says, أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى Because before Fir'aun was just one god. You know, a god of the many gods. A king of the many kings. Because it was a polytheistic nation. They believed in multiple gods. Right? But this idea of one supreme god who has power over everybody. I mean, this is something very amazing. So Fir'aun said, I am your greatest Lord. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 24, you know when Musa salam said that we are the messengers of your Lord, Fir'aun asked that, what is this Lord of the worlds? وَمَا رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ Who is the supreme God, the Lord of the worlds? So Musa salam said, Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 24, قَالَ رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا He is the Lord of the heavens and the earth and whatever is between them. In verse 26, he said, رَبُّكُمْ وَرَبُّ آبَائِكُمْ He's your Lord and the Lord of your forefathers. In verse 28, رَبُّ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا The Lord of the east and west and whatever is in between. So basically the Lord of everything. Right? Now this is very impressive people were definitely affected by the speech. So Fir'aun was insecure. He was afraid that people were going to believe in Musa a.s. In fact, his own wife did, didn't she? So he's losing his control. And he's afraid. So what does he do? He calls all his people and he says, أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى Musa talks about one supreme God. Well, you know what? I am the highest God. The most supreme God. In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 51, we learn, وَنَادَى فِرْعَوْنُ فِي قَوْمِهِ He made an announcement amongst his people, قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ أَلَيْسَ لِي مُلْكُ مِصْرَةِ O people, 
Am I not the king of Misr? أَلَيْسَ لِي مُلْكُ مِصْرِ وَهَذِهِ الْأَنْهَارُ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِي Don't these rivers flow under my command? أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ Don't you see? Verse 52 أَمْ أَنَا خَيْرٌ مِنْ هَذَا الَّذِي هُوَ مَهِينٌ وَلَا يَكَادُ يُبِينَ Am I not better than this one who can barely speak and make himself clear? Meaning, am I not better than Musa? So he said, أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى He lied. Now, A human being is saying, I am your God. You know, we wonder, people say crazy things and so certain individuals say the most outrageous things and people will believe and they will accept. We find this astonishing that how could this happen? Well, it happened at the time of Musa a.s. Something much worse. A man claimed to be God. And what did his people do? What did they do? They said, yes. In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 54, Allah says, فَاسْتَخَفَّ قَوْمَهُ فَأَطَاعُوهُ He found his people light, light-minded. فَأَطَاعُوهُ So they obeyed him. They weren't really people who used their mind. So he used lies and big words. And what happened? They obeyed him. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَوْمًا فَاسِقِينَ They were themselves disobedient people. Assalamu alaikum. There was a brother that was commenting once about the coming of Dajjal and how basically most of the world is going to believe that he his claim that he's God. And he said, you always find it so fascinating because it's in the future where we're supposed to be more intelligent, so advanced and all that stuff. But he said, despite him having one lazy eye, despite him having so many signs that he has so many indeficiencies, people will still accept his claim of being God. And then he said... And that's very believable if you see like how um, he was commenting how a celebrity was being uh, followed and run after in the streets and stuff and all the things that we do right now that make absolutely no sense. So it wasn't far-fetched that people would actually believe a human being. So. Exactly. I mean, the Jal, his description is given that one of his eyes is like a dried grape. Just imagine. You know, like a raisin. Just imagine, it's like dry and it's like bulging out and it's purple and it's ugly. And this man, in another narration we learn about how, you know, huge build but not very pleasant at all. And this man will say, I am God. And people will believe in him. Whereas generally people are not attracted to or they don't really go for such individuals. But they will believe in him. People believed in Fir'aun also. What is the lesson here? What is the lesson here? Be careful. Don't fall for people's words. Just because somebody has made an impressive speech, they have used big fancy words, and just because they have a large following, and just because they're very popular, doesn't mean that you have to go crazy after them also. Use your intelligence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Analyze what this individual is saying. And then accept the good they have to offer. And leave the bad that they have to offer. Or leave what you disagree with. Don't just accept everything they're saying because they're so popular. This is the lesson over here. فَقَالَ أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى فِرْعَوْنَ claimed to be God and his people believed him. 